Yeah. 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 And she love me when I'm in it. And she never be pretending. Nothing is friend. She gonna tell you what she Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the East Pod. I'm your host, Camille Cower, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet my guest today. He is a Grammy Award winning engineer, uh, drummer, producer, tour extraordinaire. He's pretty much done it on. He's worked with everyone. I posted today just a little bit of his resume, just the ones I was like, I couldn't stop typing. So without further ado, drum roll, please. Just kidding. <laughs> um, Ivan Hampton Jr. Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am a big fan and didn't even know how big of a fan I was until I looked at your resume and was just amazed. And I got to make sure everybody sees your whole drum set right there behind you as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being my guest. I'm so oh, My pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, how did you get started? Let's start from the very beginning. Did you go to... I saw that you went to Rutgers. Is that where you started with music? Or oh, no, way before that. So um, I started as a teenager. You know, I was actually a working drummer in, through high school, playing with organ trios and in New York clubs. And, uh, you know, we I had a neighborhood band. So by the time I was 13, 14, uh, you know, we would running around playing music around the neighborhood. Okay. But, uh, I started working in, in clubs and stuff. Uh, so uh, a quick story, uh, um, I had to be about 14, 13, and I used to practice on the third floor in my building in, in Harlem, and there's a bar around the corner, the drummer didn't show up. The, the guys in, in the band, they knew I was there, and somebody came and said, hey, who's the kid upstairs? Get him down here. And my mom let me go and I pushed my drums around the corner. And uh, that was my first paying job, uh, you know, as a kid. And these old timers were yelling, you know, hit the drum. And, you know, I mean, that was school for me. It was great. But uh, it just was amazing. I would have did it for free. They said, hey, here's some money. I said, I get paid too. Oh my God. <laughs> like sold. This is what I'm going to do for oh, the rest of my life. It. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all through high school, I, I was a working uh, musician. And um, uh, I found uh, there was a place called the Jazzmobile in Harlem. Okay. And what it was, uh, uh, the city had put money up and you had all these heavy jazz musicians that would teach, you know, inner city kids for, you know, it was uh, uh, subsidized. So, you know, it was very small fee. And uh, it was uh, where I began to you know, actually learn a little bit more about what I was doing. You know, so I learned learning how to read music and understanding certain concepts and things. Great teacher, Charlie Percep, who is, uh, runs the uh, drum department, the music department at uh, the New School in New York. Okay. And uh, so he kind of kicked it off for me. And, and I went on from there to Bronx Community College after I graduated from high school. And, uh, between there and Rutgers, I ended up at the Dance Theater of Harlem, of all places. So, you know, it's just been this interesting journey. Um, and uh, uh, as I got into uh, Rutgers, all the Eartha Kid stuff and Curtis Blow and 
all these wait, other wait, you can't just say her name and go like i mean both of those names because all of a sudden <laughs> i'm thinking i'm playing basketball without a basketball right <laughs> so, <laughs> that was one of my favorite songs but wait so eartha kit please tell us more because i'm thinking of her as boomerang but also she was like the first, I think, as far as I know, person Cat of color that was a superhero as Catwoman. Catwoman, absolutely. Yeah. She was amazing. So, so yeah, she, she was the, she was the uh, triple threat of the day back then. You know, uh, uh, dance, um, uh, actress, singing, um, and uh, you know, she. There's a whole story about her with Lyndon Lady Bird Johnson and. She got. She spoke out against Vietnam, and she was blacklisted. So all of a sudden, she was gone. She left to Europe. When she came back, uh, she came back and did a uh, a play called Timbuktu, and it brought her, put it back on the map in the states. And soon after that is when I crossed paths and was hired, you know, to play and, uh, and perform with her. She was she was like that aunt, you know. She she was just a doll. She's just a sweetheart, just a wonderful wonderful woman. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, since a lot of the people that might be watching are in the film side, is there anything that you noticed from her about her work, um, her work habits, or just her stage presence? Because I mean, oh, there's nothing like her yeah. you could share. She, so people, she, could was, she was a star. You know, I mean, yeah. she walked in the room and you went. Who's who's this? You know, okay, so you she just felt her aura. You just felt her whole presence, and uh, you know, she commanded that. Uh, you know, on stage, she was amazing. I mean, it was, uh, yeah. You know, to what see her, her work habits. Like, was she just from? Like, was she very particular about everything and very hands on? Um, as that she, part as well. She she knew what she wanted, and uh, she had a great musical director. Tom Spawn, and uh, she trusted him, you know, to get what she needed. Um, and she would get up and do all these old torch songs and, uh, you know, she, all this theater stuff. And it was, she was great. Um, and it, musically, it was great because uh, I was playing music uh, that I hadn't really played before, you know, mm. you know, so uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, very theatery, and you know, all centered around the theater, mostly. You know, and of course, Santa Baby, and and all of that stuff. You know, we did all of that stuff. It was amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Now, so how did you go from Eartha Kit to completely different kind of music of Curtis Blow? How did that come about? So, so Curtis Blow, we grew up in the same neighborhood. I used to hang out with his older brother, uh. and. When I was in the neighborhood band, Curtis would hang out. You know, we he was the kid we'd send to the store. Hey, man, go get me a, a bag of chips and, and a Pepsi. Bring back my change. That's <laughs> I, hilarious. I went away. Yeah. And actually, he happened before Eartha. I went away for a summer to stay with cousins in Virginia. Okay. I came back, and he was on the radio. I was like, what happened? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh once he started began to perform he came and got the band the neighborhood band hey guys i need a band live music with rap music i love it yeah you know but that's what it was back then you know um, yeah you know the the music was live you know uh you had real musicians on it uh 
you know, uh, Sugar Hill, all of that's real players. Oh, that's right. You know Chip Sharon, right? Oh, absolutely. I yeah. had him on a couple of a couple of months ago. I feel like oh, now yeah. I'm friends yeah. with his wife. Yeah, yeah, I know Chip really well. Absolutely. I saw on your thing too. It was like Sinbad. I'm like, of course they probably know each other. Oh yeah, he's a big brother, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, the Curtis story was great, and um, uh, we ended up we did a couple dates opening for Rick James, and that was the same. That was the first tour. Uh, New Edition was on, so it was Curtis Blow, New Edition, the Mary Jane Girls, and Rick James. We only did a few dates. We hopped around and did a couple things around the country and came back. But uh, it was it was uh, eye opening. It was my first major, major tour. You know, you know, I was young in 22, maybe, you know. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure you've seen the Dave Chappelle skit about Rick James. Oh, yes. (laughs) What what was he what was it like working with him? Because. I, um, um, it was from a distance, you know, he had all these moving parts, all these artists, and um, he was interesting. <laughs> to I say. can't say interesting, because that could be interpreted in many different ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, he had his entourage around, um, uh, and uh, there was a story, there was a thing with him carrying this, this uh, a shoebox. What the heck's in the shoebox? Yeah. Well, it, it was his uh, his uh, self medicating material. It's one hell of a drug. Yes. So, you know, he was an interesting character, um, and uh, he kind of you know kept to his own people and his own. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't get uh, much interaction with them. It's um, funny. I used to work at a spa, and one of his background singers came in. And she was just, I I wanted to ask her a million questions, but I was like, oh, she's here to relax and so on. But so you bringing it up, I was like, oh, finally I can ask. Yeah. <laughs> I work with him and just even, um, so when I was a kid, you know, music back then, it was kind of hidden what the terms meant. Like you, you wouldn't necessarily understand that maybe this was in sexual nature or drug nature. And so part of my cotillion, I picked one of, Mary Jane's um, Mary Jane girl song as for the talent show. Uh-huh. Needless to say, they pulled the sound. <laughs> I, know, I mean, I did. I, this happened to me more than once because I also did a climax song um, meeting in a ladies' room. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea because my parents loved Rick James. Stevie went you also worked with like everyone you worked with pretty much my parents i grew up listening to because uh, nice. i have a huge admiration for your work and didn't even so that this means a lot to me just oh, it, i'm on it i'm on it i'm so impressed because just to be able to play on that level i know off camera you were saying well i'm old so i've worked with everyone <laughs> people you could, you could be 100 and never worked with the names you've worked with and it's consistent <laughs> There's Stevie Wonder, um, Donnie McClurkin, Gladys Knight, Little Richard, Yolanda Adams, and Dionne Warwick. So yeah. did you ever like try to predict your future anytime when you were working with her? Oh. That phone thing back in the day. She, um, Dionne you know, Warwick. I, I, I knew I, I loved music. I knew I wanted to play music. Um, and I had some really great uh, mentors. 
around that that you know really uh, told me you know look if you really want to do this you got you have to you got to work you got to do certain things so I, I I just focused on trying to do something uh, to make myself better every day okay. and, and and move the direction I wanted to move into uh, the networking and just moving around and meeting people and being able to be heard so I, I didn't predict you know I just went after what I felt felt right what you know how what was practicing like for you do you pra I mean since you said oh. you were working on getting better every day what's your practice schedule like well, well I, I, as a young musician I I practiced oh gosh three four hours five hours You're you know like I said the, you know the the uh the musicians when I was in uh, a kid they, they they would hear me upstairs you know and um that was my mother's weapon too. If I screwed up, it's like, don't you dare even look at those drums. Yeah. Drums were gone. That was it. Yeah. Well, that's, see, I really need to get my daughter to want to play drums again. <laughs> that's a good one. Hey, I'm doing virtual lessons. Well, well, I have to get the kit too. For, well, because we have the electrical drum kit, but I'm sure that's not a good thing. No, start. That, that works fine. Oh, really? Yeah, you can get the fundamentals. You know, there's nothing like a, a, an acoustic set or any acoustic instrument, you know, uh, just wood and shells and metal. You know, you're going to build physically on that, you know, but you can build uh, technique and, and some skills on an electronic drum set. Okay. You know, it's definitely a different animal. It's probably a little bit like cheating, I would say, because mm -hmm. so many options there. Like, oh, I could just tune this down as opposed to learning how to change the rhythm of it or something yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, what, since you do have lessons and so on, what are some of the tips you give for some of your students just getting started in the industry or even just even picking up the instrument? Where do you suggest they start with that? Um, well, you know, I've been teaching a while and, and different people learn differently. You know, people learn differently. Some people are visual, some people, you know, um, um, and then uh, you'd be surprised, you know, some of these young folks are just born with this oozing with gifts and talent. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 uh, I definitely don't do a one size fits all kind of a thing. I kind of gravitate to find out where each person is. You know, some people are, are a little bit more challenged, but really want to do this and try. You know, so I, I work with, with each person on the things that may be giving them the hardest time. Some people just, you know, suck it up like a sponge. You know, it's just when um, I, have, I have some of those students and then, uh, you know, I have some folks that just, you know, want to do it. I work with uh, uh, autism students, you know, I work with a lot of different, a uh, wide range of students. So. Um, you know, as as far as maybe uh, a y younger student looking to be in the industry, yes. You know, I kind of pass on the things that I was taught. You know, look, make sure your skills are straight. You know, uh, you know, it's it's a job. It's work. You know, show up on time. Show up prepared. You know, have your tools in order. Um, have your skills in order. You know, be able to to read the music. Be able to count the music. Uh, be versatile, 
-hmm. you know um a lot of times musicians say hey you know i want i'm a rock drummer or i'm a just say no just just be a musician then mm -hmm. you can play anything yeah and i mean you forget bonnie ray even like, yeah really you know awesome. it's 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 vocabulary you know, music. You know, you know to be able to play country and jazz and reggae and funk, Latin, you know, rock and roll. It's 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 all music. There's a thread through all of it. And you know, if if you are, you probably find there's one that appeals to you more than another, but you still want to be flexible, and that makes you uh, a a lot more marketable as a musician trying to be in the industry you know you know speaking of marketable you have many talents it's not just drumming you also are an engineer and a producer and a songwriter which mm -hmm. so i know drumming came first but how did you learn the other skills um and actually my first instrument is a piano as a kid okay my, my parents at from six to eight made me play piano um i liked the instrument at the time, I did not enjoy the instructor. I think she was not a very happy person <laughs> doing what she was doing. Make a difference, teachers. Yeah, so it kind of turned me off, and that that took me into asking my father, "Look, can I? I found a church. They have they teach drums, can I? and he he allowed it to happen. So um, as as I um, you know as I was progressing as a musician. The, the piano, the, the guitar. I was, you know, getting uh, that 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 uh, uh, the uh, neighborhood band. The guitar players would, hey, show me this chord. You know, I was always interested. I always wanted to learn. Show me, you know, and oh, uh, let me play the bass. Show me the bass line. And uh, so I kept doing those things. Um, and I eventually got myself back to the piano. Um, and you know. The technology, the computers, and in the early '80s, you know, that was fascinating to me. So I got into that, you know, and um, so it, it put me right there as technology was heading toward the music industry. So that those things crossed, and um, you know, so it, it all kind of evolved all together, just snowballing and rolling around in New York. Um, a little bit after um, uh, the Earth of Kids stuff, you know, the 80s, 80 to 83 or 4, um, I got involved in a band. And the, the guy that ran the band worked in a recording studio. So we would practice in the studio. And I convinced him to teach me audio. I said, hey, man, I want to know how to do this. Yeah. You know, and it was a major studio. They did. Uh, jingles and records and stuff. So he was like a maintenance and, and technical guy in, in this studio. And the studio would close at five o'clock. They worked from nine to five, they'd close. And we would go in there and rehearse. And uh, I'd get him to set me up in a room. He taught me how to solder and, and audio and, you know, different things, working with the tape machines and splicing the tape. and. So, you know, just, I guess, out of my uh, curiosity and just wanting to understand certain things. I just I'm realized you were with tape, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in the studio before any waveforms. <laughs> yeah. You know, 
Yeah, it was it was musicians, tape, uh, arrangers, you know, producers. Yeah, you know, a clap track. You 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 got six people around a mic and y'all clapped. <laughs> yeah. Don't see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's you know. And I have. I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So okay. I just kind of evolved with the technology, and uh, you know, I was I was um, by I want to say eighty eight, eighty nine. I had started purchasing Mac computers. I had an uh, Apple two E. That was and, my first computer. Was an yeah, Apple yeah. Yeah. They actually had. Uh, music software that they were introducing back then. You know, so I started, it was tedious, it was tough, but I learned a lot, you know, just fooling around and experimenting. I was able to create and uh, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting just to see the, the progression of how technology has changed so much. Do you feel that, with, that it's been a good thing with some of those transitions or some of it you're like, you still need to know? Still wish some things were done, I guess, more organically. Um, or is I, it I, I love the, te the technology. Um, okay. I think when technology, um, in in for music, mm -hmm. meets skilled musicians, it's 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 magical. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, Herbie Hancock, Stevie Wonder, they they're all into the technology. But you listen to you know. Yeah. You listen to what they do with it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it, the technologies, the technology has allowed um, access to a lot of people. Right. When you have really talented and skilled people running the technology, I think the the quality of uh, the end result, the products are outstanding. You know, they just go so much better. Well, we have a great question that I was going to ask kind of anyway, when you brought up about hearing Curtis blow on the radio after you came back from Virginia, Scott Ferguson actually writes, um, Ivan, what's up, big brother? What yeah. was the first song you played on that you heard on the radio and how did you react? Wow. Um, or the one you most remember. It, it, it's one of two songs. So um, it was, it was probably, um, Curtis Blow produced a record on an artist called Sweet G. It was called Games People Play. Games People Play. Yeah, yeah. Almost crashed the car. I was like, ah! <laughs> 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 on the radio! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How did your parents react when you told them about it? They they loved it, you know. They you know they were excited that I was having some success a little bit. You know, it was the beginning. Um, the, the second one, the second song was uh, uh, Jocelyn Brown, somebody else's guy. So I'm I'm actually playing percussion on that, and that was almost that was almost another car wreck, you know. <laughs> so yeah, those those were probably the two first things that I've actually heard myself over the radio. And uh, wow, it was it, it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. What a surreal experience. Now you've worked with so many different actors. I mean, actors. Excuse me, singers, and they're icons. A lot of them. And like you started with Eartha Kitt, and then soon after that, Jeffrey Osborne, Jennifer Holliday, Doc Powell, Roberta Flack, Will Downing. 
was there ever a time where you just were like, pinch me, this is my life? Like, um, It felt normal, you know? Um, so for instance, uh, uh, Will Downing, we did wedding bands before Will became a star. Okay. Regina Bell sang in the band too, you know? And yeah, we, we did weddings around New York and did sessions and, you know, so we were just, it was just a local musicians out there, you know, and, and, and we were all young and going after what we were going for. And you, this one pops up here, that one gets signed to a record deal. This one, you know, you're like, whoa, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, he called me up and that took me to Europe with him. Uh, what you was know. that like your first tour in Europe? How did that happen? Oh, it was, it was great. Um, it was great. Um, and actually, uh, my first European was uh, uh, Ashton Simpson. Right. Yep. That was, they, they took me to Europe first. And then I went soon after again with uh, Will. Yeah. When did the songwriting start? Was it? Uh... I kind of dabbled in it, uh, you know, with, with the, uh, the neighborhood band. We fooled around and tried to come up with ideas on. You know, just learning how to do it. You know, learning the Ashley, process. I think of Ashley Simpson and Sam. Um, I'm looking at too many names to think of Ashford and Simpson. They're known for being really good songwriters too. So I didn't oh, know that maybe by chance, just being around such greats, you picked up from them. As that well. I learned a lot from being there. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from uh, being there with them. Uh, you know, and actually got to re you know play on a couple of tunes that they recorded. Um, and actually got to write uh, two songs with Nick Ashford that Valerie sang. Um, you know, we never re really released it. It's been out there; people have heard a little bit. Okay. But um, that was that that was exciting, you know. Um, but uh, I had uh, I had started writing seriously with a partner, and we were moving material around, and a good friend of mine. Danny Madden approached and said, hey man, Mavis Staples is looking for material, um, you know? And he came, he knew we had stuff and they grabbed this song called Why from us. And she recorded it. We, I, I co-produced it with Danny. Uh, she was signed to Prince. She was on uh, Paisley Park actually at the time. And um, that, spawned a, a, a publishing deal with Polygram. And right then I really said, okay, I gotta, I gotta boost this up. And I went, went back and found a piano teacher again, just to get my writing skills together. You know, I just felt at a plateau and, you know, I felt stuck, everything sounds the same. Uh, ah, I was frustrated and, and, and that helped me so much. I went, to, uh, found me, uh, the guy that was teaching all the seniors at Manhattan School of Music. Okay. He was a good friend of one of the piano players in uh, Luther's band, Skip Anderson. And he Skip said, hey man, go see Gary, man. And uh, Gary was amazing. He really uh, did some good work. He you know, helped me uh, build my skill on the instrument and, and just a, you know insight and, and uh, I started writing differently, you know, I started changing what I was doing. And so that was good. So, you know, I mean, writing is an art. It's an art. Um, you know, it's a skill. Um, you know, 
you know, just is, is a script. Uh, oh, okay. And, I was like, yeah, script writing, book writing. There's an art. There's, you know, there's a way to do. There's different forms and formulas. And so once you're exposed to those things, it, it helps you get to where you want to go faster. You know, you get, you get to start and finish and move on to the next, you know. Yeah. So, so what's your process like for with um, with writing? Do you do the music first, then the lyrics, or the lyrics, then the music, or? I've, I've done uh, various ways. Uh, probably my uh, com most common way is to build a track. You know, I'm a drummer. I'm going to build a nice groove and look for that good bass line and some couple of nice changes, you know. And... Um, after that, I want to give it to somebody. I want to get, you know, because I'm, I do all this stuff. Singing was not the good one <laughs> for me. Really? Well, but I, <laughs> yeah. but I, I have friends with the, the most amazing singers on the planet, you know. So I reach out to to friends. Hey, once I have a melody to work from, I can go back and dress up the music, you know, enhance, you know, based on the story and the melody. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I've also written, uh, I've had someone say, hey, I have these lyrics and this melody, and they send me that, and I build from that side, you know. So, you know, just being flexible, being yeah. able to. That's been a great thinking of doing those things, hearing different ways that it can be approached, or even with you mentioning earlier where you kind of felt like you plateaued, so you took lessons to find another way to kind of get inspired and look at things another way. But, since he brought him up, we got to talk about Mr. Luther Vandross. Oh, <sighs> Lou, yeah. unbelievable. How did, so how did, did you meet him through your piano teacher or a different way and that's not? Oh no, so um, the first time I actually met Luther, I was with Ashford and Simpson. He came to a show in Los Angeles and he was in the green room and I met him briefly. Um, the next time I would meet Luther would be five minutes before me going on stage with him. Um, so in 1987, uh, interesting enough, the drummer that you know was there before me, I replaced in Ashford and Simpson's band, uh, the great Yogi Horton. He was an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, we were becoming friends. He passed away. Um, so he he left Ashton and Simpson. He was doing both. He left and, and just stayed with Luther. I ended up doing Ashton and Simpson. Well, he he dies during the tour, actually. And that's a whole story. It's, uh, it was really sad. Um, and uh, a couple of weeks went by and my phone rings. Um, Matt Adderley Jr. calls me up. He says, man, I've been trying not to call you. I've stolen so many musicians from Nick and Val, they're going to kill me. <laughs> he said, well, come get the music. And I went to his house and uh, the next day I, I did a rehearsal. The next day after that, I jumped on a plane and uh, played at the Rose Bowl, 90,000 people, my first gig. And Luther comes out five minutes before the show. And uh, hey, Luther's the new drummer. Hey, how you doing? Okay. And I get on the stage and we, I played the show and uh, we get to the end. Uh, I'll never forget the last song was House Is Not A Home. And Luther turned around and looked at me and went, 
you know, so he was he was pleased, he was happy. And uh, you know, 1987, that was the start of that. Yeah. I'm so impressed. Like, wait, you have you got the music for and then a week later you were you already knew it well enough to play at a concert? Days later. Days. Days. No, no, I, I picked up the music. Uh, the night Nat called me, the next day I showed up in the rehearsal studio, did a rehearsal. The following day I got on a plane, went to LA and performed that night. So that's the skills I'm talking about, you know, having your skills together, being able to, you know, read through some music and play it like you've been playing it for, you know, all year, you know? Because how long was the set list for some? I mean, Ooh. I mean, it was so, like I, I remember it was. If I'm right, it was like a super, uh, a Budweiser Superfest kind of a thing. Okay. Um, so maybe a 45 minute show, okay. you know. So a lot of songs. yeah, it, it, it's a blur. Because no, I, I didn't imagine, but I was just so, like, like, I was so like this, <laughs> and I mean, I remember being on the plane yeah. with earphones and the music, and just you know, mentally going through it. And, you know, trying to get get do do the best job I could do. You know, so um, and uh, the rest was history with Luther after that one show. And, yeah, you were with him. Now, so I mean, he was amazing singer, amazing vocalist, and just I mean, he has a great talent and wonderful stage presence and. There hasn't been, I don't think there's anyone that's even come remotely close to his. Not at all. They won't, they won't be. People try. Yeah. You know, and he, even, I mean, his songwriting, his, his production, um, you know, he's an amazing producer, amazing songwriter. Um, he was impressive. He was, he was meticulous and uh, Luther took no shorts, you know, you didn't. You didn't show up half half in anything with him, you know, because he'd show you the door quick. Oh wow! So, uh, his, yeah, he kept the he kept the bar high. He kept uh, you know, and he was really loyal, you know. And nowadays, you see uh, artists go out with uh, a band, and the next tour, the whole band's different. Mm-hmm. And I was there almost twenty years with him, and and lived with the, the, my brothers and sisters on the stage. We, you know. We knew each other. Our kids grew up together. You know, he Luther would take our kids out to the movies. You know, y'all keep rehearsing. I'm he grab your kids and throw them in the car, and he go to the movies with the kids. And you're like, what, dude? He's <laughs> yeah, like, keep working, keep working. Y'all need to get better. I'm gonna go ahead. <laughs> yeah, and he spoil them rotten. You know, uh, they come. To the, yeah. yeah, you know, he, they come to the show and. They all knew, you know, you go make sure he knew you got all A's. He's popping out $100 bills. You know, so he's handing my kid this $100 bill. I said, like, give me that. <laughs> I'll stick this in the bank. You ain't walking around here, you know, seven, eight years old with a $100 bill. No. Like, we won't put this in the bank. Playing well with others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They go hang out with him. And, you know, yeah. Luther always had a Pac-Man machine. Old school Pac-Man machine in his dressing room. He moved for years. So the kids was straight to his room, you know. Mm. Yeah. And he loved the kids. He just loved them. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, he had a way of, and that's why I'm saying he's so different than any other artist in the sense that 
no matter how old, no matter what race, gender, everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, I'm not 100% sure. I, I, the first concert I ever went to was Luther Vandross. Well, big concert was Luther Vandross. And it's oh, yeah. Because you know how. And the, man, the man, he gave you your money's worth. He believed in putting on a, a perfect, you know. Um, he was amazing. Like I said, the, uh, he understood, you know, he, he had his hand in the costumes, the choreography, the lighting, his stage, he, he the music. He knew so much about every detail and piece of of that of his show and what he wanted, how he wanted it uh, in the recording studio. He was amazing. I learned so many things, you know, things you won't you don't learn in a classroom. You know, going to learning in the uh, in the music department at some college, you don't you don't get those skills. You don't get those lessons. You know. Um, and just to sit there and watch and then to eventually participate, you know, you know, to write with him. And, uh, you know, he Luther would have us in the studio six days a week, you know, for a couple of months. And he showed up, they did, you know, sometimes he would call me up and he'd be in the studio and he, you know, they would get stuck on a drum part or something. And he'd call me up, wake me up. Hey, Ivan, it's Luther. Hey, get your lazy butt up. Get up here. I need you. <laughs> I need you in the studio. And I'd show up and then I was I was there for the rest of the month, you know. So hopping around, you know, doing odds and ends, programming this, fixing that, you know, whatever he, you know. No, he was he was uh amazing, uh, just out, outstanding. Um, and just vocally, I mean, you know, I I he he I, he's done interviews and I love what he says. He says, uh, you know, I see all these singers and they got all this acrobatics and they're doing all this. Wee-wee-wee. He says, I'm not afraid of my voice. Mm-hmm. He would sing you a note and, and you melt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, his tone. Um, I mean, just I mean, the, the music that he, you know. That came out of his voice. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was a musician, you know. Uh, yeah. He was he was a a, a serious musician. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, you guys did dances with my father together. How did well, I'm on that. I I'm on the record. I didn't play. I didn't uh, perform that. Um, um, I have a song on that okay. record. Uh, okay. The last. The last. Somebody pointed that out to me. His last record, I have the last song. I'm the last song. It's called They Said You Needed Me. Right. And it's on Dance with My Father. Okay. And I'm also uh, performing on the duet with him and Beyonce, mm-hmm. The Closer I Get to You. Which was funny because I had been working with Roberta at the same time. So I'm doing a whole nother version of, I'm doing her version with her live. And we go in the studio and cut this other version. It was it was intense. It was great. It was great. You could be like, hey, by the way, Beyonce's doing it like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Flack loved when people copied her stuff. You know, and Lauren Hill did her uh, her song, and uh, I think uh, D'Angelo did one of her songs. Uh, she loved she she loved that. She always loved that. You know, just to hear the younger version, a, a new perspective on her 
hits. You know, she has a lot of hits. A lot of hits. Roberta, Roberta's another one. Uh, that uh, that voice, it just and the musicianship. You know, she played the heck out of piano. Mm. Uh, so she would play the piano on stage with us. You know, but I don't know if you know. She spawned Luther's career. You know, he sang background with. Oh, you don't know the story. No. He he sang background with Roberta for years. And she pulled him to the side. She says, Vandross, you got to go. Because if I don't kick you out, you're going to sit here and sing background and never do anything for yourself. Mm-hmm. She fired him and told him to go make a record. <laughs> and never too much. She got, she kicked him out. She Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm for her to do that though. Like to mm-hmm. develop that talent, not just keep it for herself to have mm-hmm. that sound behind her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have even more respect for her for doing that. Oh yeah. Oh no. She's she, you know, she's the school teacher. You know, she's got she's that she's got that school teacher. She's teaching and t- history, you know, she talks about her and Donnie Hathaway. You know, she would do that in rehearsals and talk about stuff that they interacted in and you know she always talked about that she loved that that man i don't blame her yeah wow yeah. i have to bring up my favorite out of i mean i love a lot of people on your list stevie wonder of course because we sing him every birthday uh-huh. <laughs> That's our birthday version you know um but i have to get back sorry about Steve. It's all about Diana Ross for me. Oh, oh, worked with yeah. her. What yeah. was my experience like? Because she's, I mean, so like when I was a kid, they would send us her concerts, and she, there's so much. I mean, she just did so much and all the glamour. And oh, even yeah. I, I went to her. I've gone to two of her concerts, and she would cha- do all these changes, but it was just so quick, and she was the music was just so amazing and. The queen of Motown. I mean, come yeah, on. They yeah. really trained their artists then to be. Oh man, yes, so, yes. So yeah. what was it like working with her? Because finally, have somebody that can have all she, the. She was amazing. So yeah. you know, just like yourself, you know, I, you know, I, I, I grew up listening to the Supremes and, yeah. and all of that. You know, the Temptations, yeah. and my phone rings and says, "Hey, are you available for a Donna Ross session?" Yes. Yeah. Uh, and uh so i want to say this is 86 87 ish um and uh just i was kind of in between uh ashton simpson and uh luther and it was a little slow for me right then Mm -hmm. um and all of a sudden the phone rings uh i go to the studio and there she is and she was actually uh pregnant during this recording and she was the most loving happy pregnant woman and you know hugs and kisses on the way i'm i'm hugging diana ross get that you know (laughs) she was great and we cut you know we cut the the stuff in probably two days in the studio or so she was wonderful she was wonderful and um later on uh years into luther you know seeing him and her were so tight um we actually we were in europe and we cut something for her that luther produced um i don't even remember the name of the song right now but 
but, right, uh, but then yeah. I realized he produced a song for Diana Ross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he produced he produced her. He produced uh, Aretha. Jump, jump, jump to it. Okay. That's Luther and Marcus Miller. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he he did a lot of other stuff. Gregory Hines. You know, there's nothing better than love. Uh, he did a duet, and he he produced that. Um, he produced a couple things on that record, as far as I know. I forget that Gregory Hines. I always think of him as the actor in tap dancing, but he I forgot he sang as well. Oh yeah, and Gregory was a friend of mine too. He 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 was great. So yeah, you know, um, in in the '80s in New York, like I said, I I got involved with the Dance Theater of Harlem. Right. So put me into the, into a connection with these dancers who always needed drummers, you know. So I I got my hand drumming skills together, hanging out with the drummers that did that, um, and I was able to still play drum set. With uh, dance theater had a, a choir, so I played drum set and I would play tap tap class on with brushes and a snare. But we used to go downtown and work at this place called the Broadway Dance. Uh, center, and it was Maurice Hines and Gregory Hines. It was their place. Um, I'm 20 years old. They were paying 20 bucks an hour. I'm like, heck yeah, to play some drums and look at these gorgeous dancers stretching and bending. <laughs> well, so Facebook friends, and now I see the connection. Did you work with Suzanne Douglas there? Or was it just through Gregory Hines? Because they did that film together. I may have crossed her in, mm -hmm. you know, um, but you know, Gregory and Maurice, I got to know really well, you know, because Mar Maurice would pay us. Gregory used to crash the, the class. He'd kick the door open and crawl through the floor, through people's legs and hop around and, and then take off, you know. But I got to know him uh, a lot He because he hung around Luther. He came. He would come to the shows and uh, he actually hired, Gregory hired me when he was back when he was doing, uh, before he became a film star, he was doing theater in New York, you know? And uh, I did some performances with him back then. So, you know, it, it, that New York entertainment community just overlapped, you know, the, the dancers, the singers, the, the actors and actresses and, you know, um, uh oh god what's her name i used to work with her all the uh all the time I was in her band um she did uh waiting to exhale um wait um whitney houston well i knew whitney as a kid from, from when she was a kid but uh no um uh angela bassett nope 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 i'm trying to think he's been waiting to exhale i know my dad produced it that's all i can think of right now yeah yeah uh i'll think of her name in a minute uh you'll know as soon as i said you go oh She's done tons of stuff. She's still out there doing stuff. Um, I'm pulling. I'm googling it right now, waiting to exhale. Oh God, I can't. I can't believe I can't think of her name. Why? Oh well, um, Leela Rashawn, Loretta Devine. Loretta. Loretta could sing her butt off. So I was in her band. We used to we used to do clubs in New York. Okay. You know, so that you know the theater people, like I said, we it, it just overlapped. You know. Mm -hmm. And I would get calls, I would get hired, you know, because I was a good, I can read the music, I can learn it quickly. And, and you know, I showed up on time, <laughs> I showed up prepared. 
yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, people. My name started moving around, um, and uh, it, you know, it was good. Yeah, yeah. What an experience! So, I don't like when you think back of your career. Is there any one moment that sticks out the most to you that you could share with us? I mean, I know sometimes they have NDAs out there, so I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, there's been so many exciting moments. Um, uh, goodness, you know. Well, I do have some requests in the comments. I mean, oh, okay. to play it, to relive it, you know, can you upon just play a simple note? the drums behind us because you're always prepared you said <laughs> somebody wants me to play <laughs> sorry it's my mom i have to ask <laughs> <laughs> you want me to play something what why not they're right there mom, you, you kind of if no pressure but at the same time why would i not say yes or not get a chance <laughs> uh, don't need to see me i, I didn't expect this Oh, wow. See, I could really, I could really be a clap musician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> like I don't want to get in trouble with um, Facebook either, because sometimes they'll, they'll mute me out if it's something too famous. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, but again, is there was there any wow any performances or something where you're just like, this was the coolest performance I've ever done? Just maybe with the different people that you got to perform with at one time, because I know you've worked with Michael Jackson even and so many other. Um, and we, we, yeah, and I didn't directly work with him. I, we right, we were on a show, and he took us out. Um, he actually had us stand on stage while he performed. That was intense. That was that that man was the truth, boy. Woo! Unbelievable, unbelievable to to stand there. Um, going a little more detail. Most of us have never worked with Michael Jackson, and won't ever get to now. So, so um, I mean, I realized you were working with a different band, but you. He, yeah, it was actually Luther. It was actually Luther. So Michael did a thing. I want to say it was 99. And uh, he did a, a, a show for the kids of Kosovo. There's all these refugees and it was, you know, some stuff. So uh, we did two shows. We did, uh, we flew to Seoul, Korea. And we did a show there. And then we flew to Munich, to Germany. And did the same show again. So when we got to Korea, um, of course, you know, the, most of the musicians at that level, we all know each other or or know somebody that knows somebody. So you feel like you know everybody. Mm -hmm. And I knew quite a bit of the guys in, in, in Michael's band. And, you know, we hanging out and talking. So uh, that night when he performed, uh, and I say, Michael says, man, you guys come on and get on the stage. And he had a stand in the wings. And he, he, oh my God, he, 
you know, I'm just watching him from television or anywhere to stand on the stage about eight feet from this man mm -hmm. while he's spinning and he's got his hands back and there's torches, these flames look like they were about six feet blowing out at his face. And he, ah, and he does the whole, oh my God, the man, he's, and sang his butt off, danced his butt off and talk about a show, yeah. you know? Yeah. So miraculous. He, he was, he was out, outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. He was outrageous. Um, I, uh, I, I'm thinking about a Grammy show we did with Luther and uh, he had the songs album out and he covered uh, Love the One You With, Cosby, Stills and Nash. They came out on stage with us. Booker T played uh, organ. Uh, that was a special, I, I, I really dug that. Uh, Steven Stills was amazing. I got to chat with him after uh, the show. Um, you know, there's moments like that. Uh, um, I've probably done about five or six Grammy shows over the years. Um, um, goodness. Uh, as far as performances, yeah. It, uh, you know, I, I love doing the orchestra stuff with him. Uh, I've done orchestra stuff with Roberta. Uh, I love driving, you know, playing drums. I call it driving the train, you know, driving an, a 50-piece orchestra. Right. Intense with 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 the band the rhythm section, you know. I, I've done that for, uh, like I said, the bird, uh, Vanessa Vanessa Williams. I've done it for. That's uh, who I named my daughter after is Vanessa Williams. Wow. Yeah. Well, both Vanessa Williams, because um, yes, 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 and I know the other Vanessa too. Yeah. Right. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> my um, both of my parents worked on New Jack City, and there's oh. a there's a lyric in there, "Rockabye Baby," and so I was like, ah. Vanessa and yep. I thought it was I was watching a lot of desperate not, yeah desperate housewives while I was uh, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, uh -huh. oh that was a pretty name because we could not agree on names <laughs> nothing so I, yeah I named my daughter after both of them because I felt like it was a good way to pay homage to both of my parents with Vanessa with that act because funny story that you remember the black van in New Jack City that they did the shoot. I don't know if you even saw New Jack City. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, my mom kept that van because she was a stunt woman. Wow. So she used to take me back and forth to school with this big black van that had gunshots in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, that's a good way to play homage to both of them. And I love Vanessa Williams. The fact that she, you know, they stripped her of that title and she, she became even greater. Like I don't yeah. think there is a yeah. more famous Miss America than Vanessa Williams, who's been and, a threat and, with music and What you see is what you get. That that mm -hmm. is just so genuine, so beautiful, so loving. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to sub for the her, her regular drummer. Another, she's another one. Her bands would have been with her 20, 22 years or so. Okay. Um, and uh, all good friends, all New York musicians. So couple of times the drummer couldn't do it and I they called me up hey can you you know he he had something else going on and uh one of them was that orchestra thing that actually was 2015 the last time I've done it it was great it was uh and she's just she's that triple threat like uh you know Eartha you know she gets out there sings dances 
acts. She's 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 the truth. <laughs> I absolutely. Oh yeah. Her. Oh yeah. She's the I truth. Love any woman that's able to, and she's like very classy as well. Like just oh. glamorous and oh, and Diana Ross and a lot of the women you were. I mean, even Shaka Khan. We didn't even oh, talk yeah. about Shaka Khan. Yeah. And you know, I'm you know I know Shaka. I actually, I actually produced a, 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 a wrote and produced a song on Shaka, yeah. um, and uh, the the label shut down the album that my record was supposed to go on, and they put out the Epiphany record. To her, to, uh, so it was all these remakes, and they mm -hmm. put two new songs on it. But there were about twenty producers out there. We were all cutting these tunes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Shaka was the executive producer and things went weird. Um, and actually Benny Medina was the uh, senior vice president at Warner at the time. So I was dealing directly with Benny. Um, and uh, that, you know, so this, this, there's this song sitting in the can that I wrote and produced with Shaka sitting, yeah. you know. Um, and then I would run across Benny Medina again because he ended up managing J-Lo. And I got hired to do J-Lo when her first record came out. We did we did the television stuff. We did Letterman, we did Oprah, you know, so I was in the band. The television stuff came from yeah. Leno. Yeah. yeah, some of that's on YouTube, you can find, yeah. That was, that was 99 as well. Yeah, yeah. I am, I, well, we only have like three more minutes left because time goes really fast when you're having fun, right? I just I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to make sure there's nothing else I wanted to make sure I asked you about. I'm just looking through because we ended up talking about so many different things you you've done just because I was like, wait, I'd rather hear about that. Because <laughs> 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 we didn't even talk about dangerously in love, because you worked on the recording of that with Beyonce and every I don't that's, that's right. that so you know that 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 was the duet and that's on her record and Luther's record. Okay, got so that came out on both records. Okay. Yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. I I watched one of her documentaries. Forgive me because I don't remember the name of it. But she she's one of those where she's like, I don't eat, I don't drink, I don't anything while I'm in the studio. Mm -hmm. What was it like working with her? I mean, I guess since Luther was oh, running the show, probably at that. Oh, so, so you know, we cut. We were in the middle of a tour when we cut this record uh, okay. in New York, and. Uh, uh, Nat Adderley did the arranging, uh, and, 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 you know, we got the band, we got in the studio, we cut this thing and we left. So we knew Luther was going to have her back and we're like, Hey Luther, you, you, you gonna let us come. Said, I'm not letting you animals anywhere near that woman. <laughs> <laughs> we were crying. Lou, yeah, he, he wouldn't let us come, sir. Wow. So I didn't get to meet her. Oh, okay. But, well, you got a Grammy with her. That um, my name is forever in history, sitting there with her. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. I can't remember which musician told me that first, but I was shocked when they told me because you see all the movies where they're working together, the singer and the band. Yeah, it happens. It happens but, sometimes, but you know, you you have a skilled, you know, you have skilled producers. You know, Nat and 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 Luther. Forget it. I mean. You know, it's all mapped out. You know, you make a lot happen. You know, and, and then and then it's all done, and the, and the artist shows up. You know, and and 
it has this wonderful musical bed to to lay their work on, you know, yeah. all worked out, yeah. Well, I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can find you and um, get more information about your school since you do teach online. And that's another great point of technology. You can live anywhere now and get classes. Yes, My yes. Great Ivan A. Hampton Jr. Awesome. who's worked with everyone. <laughs> um, so if you want to go ahead and share that. Uh, Hamptown Music Institute. Okay. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah. And, and I had a, a blast. <laughs> anytime, thank you. Anytime. Oh, be careful. Oh, and happy belated Father's Day. I had to say that as well since you worked on Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. I meant to say it then and just remember it. It's all good. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, have a good rest of your day and weekend. And thanks again for being my guest. Oh, yeah. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. Well, have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Oh, that was so good. I was so excited about everything he was telling me. I just, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did because I'm, I'm a fan of everyone he's worked with. So this was just like a dream come true to find out the whole process and how he got started and make sure it's in the comments where you can reach out to him and catch up with him. And thanks again for watching. I'll be back Monday with Mr. Michael Stimley. He is the man. I was hoping Amazon had delivered my book today because they said it was going to be delivered today, but it wasn't delivered yet anyway. And he's got this new book out, uh, Money, Wealth, Power, or excuse me, Wealth, Power, Respect, which is he's giving you pretty much the blueprint how you can achieve all of those things as far as building wealth, and having multiple streams of income, credit repair, all of that. But he's worked in the entertainment industry. Him and Teddy Riley own a few corporations together with music, film, entertainment, promotions, concerts. He does it all. And he's got this new book. Like I mentioned, he's getting ready to start back his book tour. So this is something you don't want to miss for Monday. If you're interested in working in the entertainment industry, it's still a business. So as much as you can learn about the business side, might as well get it from the top because he's been in the industry for over 20 years. So he knows what he's talking about. And a lot of celebrities, musicians, actors, athletes, they work with him. He's their money man. He's the one that makes the decisions, the deals, and so on. So you'll learn a lot from him. He's an amazing guy, very sweet, very generous. Like his goal is to make sure that he gives out the information that he's learned so he's going to be Monday. And then Tuesday, I have um, Jackie's boy. He'll be in. He's a Grammy Award winning singer songwriter. He's worked with some like Madonna and he's now uh, has his own album out. So you'll get to hear a little bit from him and his career. Then I get to go because it'll be July 1st on Wednesday. I'll get to dabble back into the film industry with my good friend. She's going to be on Wednesday. I'm totally blanking on her name right now because I just went down a whole, oh, I can cheat my good old, good old book. Cause I'm like, wait, it's, I was getting ready to call her. I didn't, I'm bad with last names, but Joyce Gilliard, she's going to be on. She is not only a makeup artist, but she also has her own short film about safety on film 
which is a really good film. It recently just won some awards. She's, uh, you've heard of her. I'll let her tell her story because you're going to be, it's, it's heart-wrenching the things that she's gone through on set and different things that she's doing now to kind of help increase safety on set. And with COVID-19 going on, it's a really great time to hear from her. Then Thursday, don't wake me because I'm dreaming. Christopher Williams from New Jack City will be here as well. He's a singer, actor, songwriter. Uh, I'll let him, we'll talk about that on air. And then um, Friday, another businessman in the entertainment industry. Well, he's an attorney and he does a lot of different things. JJ Poole will be on talking about his his experience and also giving some business knowledge. So if you if you didn't get enough from Mr. Michael, JJ is going to help fill in some of the questions. So yeah, well, you got to get the book too. So there you go. That's next week. So have a great weekend. And of course, nice, fun weather, I hope, for you guys this weekend. And I'll see you guys again Monday. Thanks for tuning in, the eFam. Please like, share, subscribe. Help me with my numbers. Share. Tell your friends about it. Don't keep me the best kept secret. All right. Have a good night. Thank you.